This is Small Biz Florida, the podcast designed and produced specifically for Florida small business owners and entrepreneurs. Small Biz Florida, talk that works for Florida. This podcast is supported by the Florida SBDC Network, providing the tools, strategies, and expertise to help Florida's business community thrive. Visit the Florida SBDC online at www.floridasbdc.org or contact your local office and get started on your path to success today. This is Small Biz Florida, the podcast and broadcast. It's all things business across the state of Florida. And uh, I think by now, if you've been tuning in, you know that Small Biz Florida is on the road. We're coming to you from the Florida Makes Make More Manufacturing Summit here in Lake Nona at the incredible Guidewell Innovation Center. Um, uh, Room is full of manufacturers. uh, Room is full of um, expertise. uh, And uh, we're talking mainly about workforce and uh, talent uh, acquisition and talent pipeline. And we've got one of the keynote speakers that uh, delivered a presentation uh, to manufacturers here at the summit, Mr. Alex Vasquez, who serves as Division Vice President for Resource MFG. Alex, welcome to Small Biz Florida. Oh, great to be here. Thank you. Uh, we appreciate you taking time out. You were one of the uh, presenters here uh, on day two here at the summit. Uh, Resource MFG is the first and largest national staffing company specializing in manufacturing, uh, working alongside top plants and facilities to provide jobs in production, quality, maintenance, supervision, and all levels of management. Uh, I'm going to just take a guess, Alex. You were the most popular guy here. Well, Uh, uh, yeah, you know, (laughs) depends on who you're asking. Uh, Yeah. But I, I do believe that uh, workforce is a hot topic, as you said, Tom, yeah. you know, but maybe some of the things I said may have ruffled some feathers, <laughs> well, but I can't wait to hear about those. Yeah. Let's, let's talk about those. You know, that just sends ratings through the roof, Alex, when we, when we talk about controversy. <laughs> um, but let's just uh, start as we always do. Just a little bit of background, sure. your pathway to uh, resource MFG. Sure. Absolutely. Well, uh, first of all, Tom, what I'm here to do is to deliver what we call the voice of the blue collar worker. Uh, which is the largest survey of its kind at a national level. We've uh, surveyed as many as 30,000 hourly manufacturing supply chain employees uh, throughout the country. This is not isolated to Florida. So I say that because I began as a blue-collar worker when I first moved to Florida from Puerto Rico in the late late 90s, uh, looking for a gig, looking for a job. Uh, I stumbled across uh, manufacturing and logistics, and I became a material handler, a forklift driver. That turned into a machine operator. And then uh, this company that I work for today uh, for over 22 years uh, recruited me into an assignment, uh, an hourly assignment down in Miami, Florida. And I I just became enamored with the recruiting and and just the nobility there is to put a paycheck in somebody's pocket and food on the table. So um, the rest is kind of history. I've I've worn many hats within the uh, staffing industry today, and I'm privileged to run the largest manufacturing staffing firm, deploying over 30,000 workers at a week on a wow. weekly basis uh, in 34 states. So um, getting into manufacturing, you know, can take you into many different directions and levels. And uh, I'm just blessed and fortunate that it brought me here because now I have an influence not only in a local level, but it's lives all over the country. Nice. 
So uh, kind of take us on a little, I gave the overview, um, a staffing company, but talk a little bit about some of the details of Resource MFG. What exactly is the, the vision, mission, and, and uh, daily work of, of Resource MFG? Absolutely. Well, I guess let's begin from the genesis, from the beginning, right? Um, we were created by a manufacturer in 1995. So we've been around for quite some time. Uh, very small at start, as you can imagine, three locations in Garland, Texas, Atlanta, and Florida. Uh, over the years, we've rapidly grown to over 250 locations, like I said, in 34 states. But really, the mission here is to change the stereotype and change the image that manufacturing has in the next generation of blue-collar worker. And we do that by partnering with manufacturing companies that really want to quite frankly, open their doors and showcase what they have. Uh, we have a lot of obstacles in our way to do that. It's not something, it's not a short road, put it that way. But our focus is to not only show a career path, but really upskill and develop the workers we have today to take on more technical and, and high, highly paying jobs down the road. That's nice. basically what we do. All right. And talk about your presentation today. I think you were part of a panel uh, talk about what what you presented uh, to, to the group of manufacturers and, and uh, leaders today. Absolutely. I think at first we unpacked a lot of, you know, uh, labor statistics, right, which seems to be a hot topic here. We've heard from economists. We've heard from, you know, chambers and economic development councils. And we know about the demographic drought. We know what's going on with a great resignation. But I think what's important is as we look at these demographics that are out there, it's making our value proposition appealing to each of those different demographics. I think the issue right now is that we're painting everything with the same brush, right? And we need to step back. And if I can talk to a manufacturer today, I would say, if there's an easy challenge that you can overcome, it's get out of your own way. And, and stop saying we've always done it this way, because that right. is an old man's hat. You know, so you have to challenge the status quo and the norm. Uh, so that's a lot of what we talked about is how to really attract and retain, uh, you know, different demographics. And then, obviously, we delivered the results of 2022, uh, the voice of the blue-collar worker. Uh, as I said, that's workers throughout the entire supply chain because you can put stats, percentages, and numbers all you want for data. But until you really hear how it impacts the people on the floor, you know, the folks that we employ, which make the largest population of the, of the manufacturing workforce, it's that floor production operator, that assembler, that inspector, that packer, you know, that's really where the rubber meets the road. So we want to hear from them. So this year we collected over 19,400 surveys all over the country. These are applicants working and our customers, employees, totally anonymous, but it's what we do with that data that matters. Uh, and before the pandemic, we peaked at 30,000 uh, uh, surveys that we collected. So nice. that's basically what we unpack. That's what, what makes them tick, what motivates them, what choices they have, why they leave, uh, and what are they really asking for, whether it's financial or development-wise. So I guess if, if I broke it down, what were the top three issues maybe that, that came out of the survey? Mm -hmm. Were there any surprises for you? Did, oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, what were some of those surprises? Yeah. There were some surprises just in the last year. From the survey 2021 to 22, there were some very big discrepancies there. You know, when you asked employees, you know, through the pandemic, what was most important to them, it was all about they care about my life beyond work. You know, right. I want an advancement opportunity. Uh, you know, I want some flexibility. You know, what happened from the pandemic is they demonstrated a high degree of financial acumen because they really learned their numbers. <laughs> right. you know? So coming out of the pandemic, it was all about what's in it for me now. 
down because I've gotten a taste of a higher wage. So now they're looking for how about some 401k immediate vesting? Right. You know, how about, um, you know, if I learn a skill, I want consistent pay increases. So 2021 had a softer tone to what they required or requested. Right. Now I'm smarter and I know what I'm worth. So I'm asking for wow. more. Okay. And you think... You think the economies probably drove that the the, the value of the worker yeah. because because we need we need them now more than we needed before. Totally. Okay. Yeah, and we right. threw dollars at the issue, Tom. To be honest, that's what we did, and right. we had to do that to attract right. the people. Right. Uh, you know, and the consumer price index, aka the cost of living, for the first time in the last 25 years, the wages supersede the cost of living in many areas. So now they've, they've seen how far the dollar can go, but that power will be eroded over time. Right. And you mentioned, too, which, which I think has been a common, I think a common theme of, of those that I've talked to on, on the podcast during the summit, is that we are going to have to be innovative in the way we hire, recruit, and engage employees now. The old way is that's, we're not, it's not working anymore. Exactly. Uh, and I've heard from a number, Jerry Hefner talked about it, and, and, that, uh, and we talked to a company like Variable uh, mm -hmm. that has technology that helps you know, connect folks to jobs. Yes. So, and you mentioned it too. Old, mm -hmm. you, you called it the old hat. You, yeah. You're going to have to do something new. What, totally. are, what are those innovative mm -hmm. thoughts? What, what is that? What does that look like? First of all, I think you have to have a combination of grassroots and technology. You know, you have to have a strong social media presence, number one. You have to be willing to explore with flexible gig scheduling. I believe you may have heard that from Variable yeah. when, when they were talking. Right. By the way, Jerry's one of my favorite people on this yeah. conference. He's yeah. been hilarious. You know, so I, I think that, again, going back to the demographics, you know, is what are they into? What makes them tick? What motivates them to be attracted to your opportunity? Right. You know, and also, I think some manufacturing companies need to maybe spruce up a little bit, you know, if they're going to right. showcase their operations to have a future uh, there. But I mm -hmm. think it's got to be a mix of technology. It's got to have boots on the ground, recruiting. Mm -hmm. uh, it's not just one, one avenue is not going to get the job done. I right. think you need to look at a broad, you know, uh, opportunity to employ different different ways of doing it. Yep, uh, agreed. And I and I think we are seeing uh, there is more technology in it today. I mean, is that is that a fair That's statement? That's totally there? fair. Totally fair to say. You know, one of the statements I made today is, on the first day of an assignment for a production worker, by the end of the shift or during the shift, they have two other job offers that are coming as a notification on their phone. You know, so I could wow. go to the restroom on my break, and you're thinking that. They disappeared in the, in the bathroom. You know, they never came back. That's, wow. Yeah. And I guess the other thing I'm hearing, and because you're so, uh, you know, engaged in this, in this issue, um, is I've heard some folks say the math's never going to work. We're, we're really never going to get there. Even with the new influx of 1,000 people a day moving to Florida, yeah. there's just the, the, the job opportunities are still going to outnumber uh, population. Is that what you're hearing? Is that in Florida? Quite frankly, it's been like that always. You know, now the gap has widened for, for various reasons, right? Um, I do believe that softening some, uh, you know, I don't want to get political here. No, no policies. But, right. uh, but I do believe that we can explore some things that we used to do that we're no longer doing, if you know okay. what I mean. Right. Uh, but I will say that the skills gap is one thing. The low birth rate is another. Attracting people that are non-traditional into our space is the biggest opportunity for the because the people are there. Now yeah. you do have 
the retirement's coming up for what we call the gray wave of the baby boomers, right? Uh, and just on that 16 to 24, there's just not enough people to feed the pipeline, right? right. But we also got to get people off the sidelines because there's right. a lot of people that are not yeah. participating. And that's and that and when we we've heard that too. Yeah. That there are there are people out there on the sidelines. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm okay. glad I'm reinforcing some of the things yes. Jerry and a- others have absolutely. said. Absolutely, it's a, yeah. a pretty consistent message. Yeah. Um, and I guess I want to, you know, one of my favorite questions to ask is uh, about millennials. Uh, we're involved at a state college, Indian River State College. Mm-hmm. We're, we're teaching students. I mean, when we when we talk to young people, there really are great opportunities in in manufacturing for young people. Absolutely. Is that, is that fair? I mean, <laughs> it's completely fair. And they make, they make up the largest population of workers right now. Right. Yeah. Uh, and I don't, and, and I don't know that they understand the opportunities. Is, is there, are we still lacking? Are we still kind of behind the, behind the curve on, on young people really understanding the long-term opportunities of, of, a, of a manufacturing career? Yeah, I, I think we are a little bit behind the, the able on that one. And it's really important to start educating the opportunities very early on. Yeah. I would even argue that it starts in the elementary. Well, I mean, we're hearing K through K through twelve all day long. K through right. twelve, you know. Right. I have an eleven-year-old son, and I just did a presentation at his elementary school for for manufacturing. <laughs> wow. You know. Yeah. Yeah. It it does. It makes sense. And I and and you know when we when we survey millennials, many times, money is not the not in the top five. Now I realize, I, and you've made a point which I agree with that. Those that are in the field today mm-hmm. see their value and, and are looking at, at compensation as one of those top issues. But for millennials, sometimes it's not. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's those other things, right? Yeah. Um, work-life balance. Um, Absolutely. Uh, you know, opportunity for advancement, mm-hmm. opportunity uh, for, for further education. Mm-hmm. Flexibility. Uh, fl- flexibility. That's, that, a, that's a key motivator for the millennial and the younger generation today. Right. The pay has to be strong, of course, because right. that's how you attract them first. But that gets you a ticket to the dance. That doesn't keep you on the dance floor, right. you know? So it's really important to get creative on how we're going to do this. And I believe having flexibility and addressing the needs, again, of those different right. buckets, it's what's going to get the job done. Now, I got to tell you, when we've had that conversation about flexibility with some old school, mm-hmm. uh, you know, manufacturer owners and operators, they uh, they kind of give us a, mm-hmm. a dirty look. Mm-hmm. Uh <laughs> are, are we are we headed to really four day work weeks? Is that do you see that coming? Because I think to your to your concept of flexibility, I think that's a big issue for millennials. Uh, yeah. You know, they they want that mm-hmm. Friday off. They yeah. they want that time. Yeah. Well, you know, the way I I define flexibility, it's not necessarily that is a shorter work week. I think flexibility is if I commit to working forty hours for you, Tom. Does it matter what forty hours those are? Right. You know, can I work them on the mornings this day? Right. Can I work them in the evenings this day? As yeah. long as I commit to what I commit and I hold my end of the bargain, we have a good field, a good thing going. Right. I like it. All right. Uh, it is um, keynote speaker and presenter here, uh, Alex Vasquez, who serves as the division vice president for Resource MFG. How does one find a Resource MFG? Well, we, as I said, we operate at a national level, so it's not very difficult to find us. Uh, but our website is just our name as you read it. It's uh, resource, M as in Mary, F as in Frank, G as in great, dot com. Uh, or you can seek us in your, in your state or, or local market, okay. uh, and we would be delighted to, to inform. You know, one last thing I'll say when we talk about manufacturers, um, events like this, like Make More, 
are the first step because for manufacturers to really change the mindset and the thinking, right. it's by groups like this that can influence them. So I, I would promote this all day long. Yep. Nice. Alex, we appreciate your time here on Small Biz Florida. We appreciate you uh, attending and presenting and bringing your data um, to the conference and to share that data with all that attended. It's been a pleasure, Tom. Good luck with the podcast. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Uh, This is Tom Kindred. I'm your host for Small Biz Florida, and we are at the Make More Manufacturing Summit, brought to you by Florida Makes. And uh, we are here in Lake Nona at the incredible Guidewell Innovation Center. And uh, stay tuned because there's more to come. This is Small Biz Florida. This has been Small Biz Florida, created and produced by the Florida Small Business Development Center at Indian River State College. Your host for Small Biz Florida is Tom Kindred. Partners for Small Biz Florida include WPSL and WSTU and Indian River State College. Named the 2019 winner of the Aspen Prize for Community College Excellence.